Turn in your Bibles to Habakkuk, Old Testament Minor Prophet. That's on page 785 of our Pew Bibles. Habakkuk chapter 2. This Christmas season, this Advent season, we're looking at various portions of Scripture that speak of uh, the glory of God and especially our glorious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and our Central verse will be Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, Uh, but let's begin reading with Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. This is the word of God. I, that's Habakkuk, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me, and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that he may run who reads it, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live by his faith. Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. Like death, he is never enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects as his own all peoples. Shall not all these take up their taunt against him with scoffing and riddles for him and say, Woe to him who heaps up what is not his own, for how long, and loads himself with pledges? Will not your debtors suddenly arise and those awake who will make you tremble? Then you will be spoiled for them, because you have plundered many nations. All the remnant of the people shall plunder you. For the blood of man and violence to the earth, to cities and all who dwell in them. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house, to set his nest on high, to be safe from the reach of harm. You have devised shame for your house by cutting off many peoples. You have forfeited your life, for the stone will cry out from the wall, and the beam from the woodwork respond. Woe to him who builds a town with blood and founds a city on iniquity. Behold, is it not from the Lord of hosts that peoples labor merely for fire, and nations weary themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Amen to this reading from God's holy and divinely inspired word. Uh, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, thank you um, for the truth of your word truth of your word from Genesis to Revelation, every word inspired, inerrant, infallible. 
but we especially thank you that it points us to the truth about Christ, the truth about salvation, about the glory of your name and the grace you have shown to us in Christ at the cross. And pray this morning, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would be at work in each of our hearts. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to understand, and to yield. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. One question that I I like to ask our church family in December, probably ask you all sometime, and the question is this, what's your favorite Christmas hymn? Uh, if you're wondering uh, about all that, if you open your Trinity hymnals, the hymnal we use on beginning on 193 are the Advent hymns, and then on 199 through 233, Uh, You'll find the hymns that proclaim the humble and holy birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of sinners. So about 40 or so uh, Christmas hymns there. You know, it's both honoring and pleasing to the Lord and helpful to our own growth and grace to be uh, singing these beautiful hymns about Christ but encourage you to be savoring uh, these biblical truths as well. You know, look at again at the gospel truths that we sang in that hymn, Lo, how a rose they're blooming. It's 221, the words are there in the bulletin. It's a German hymn from the 1500s. Uh, hymn scholars estimate that originally it had 23 stanzas. Take you a while to sing 23 stanzas. Um, even the tune that we sing is from uh, 1609. It reminds us uh, that Jesus is the Rose of Sharon, uh, a shoot from the stump of Jesse. You know, but Christ is also called the Lord of Glory, a child of Mary, speaking of his humanity. And then most importantly, Uh, There at the end, O Savior, King of glory. O Savior, King of glory. You know, the one who will bring us to the bright courts of heaven. You know, we hear this gospel hope in in every book of the Bible. Beginning in Genesis, it's there in Psalms, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, And yes, it's even here in Habakkuk. You know, we as Christians can always rejoice in the gospel hope of a glorious Savior. For all scripture points us to our gospel hope in a glorious Savior. And what is our response then to this hope in a glorious Savior? You know, first we're to be learning about gospel hardships. But then secondly, uh, we are to be living with gospel hope. I invite you to keep uh, your Bibles open to the book of Habakkuk. Um, Doing something a little bit different this morning. 
Uh, We haven't read all of the book of Habakkuk. It's only three chapters, easy to read in one sitting. Uh, But let me give you a summary uh, of the first two chapters uh, leading up to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. For we're to be learning uh, about gospel hardships, a bit of biblical background about Habakkuk. He was God's prophet to Judah to the southern kingdom, southern kingdom, just as Babylon became the world power. It's somewhere around uh, 605 B.C. before the birth of Christ. You know, God himself had sovereignly selected wicked Babylon to defeat Judah and carry them off into exile. That, that would happen in 586 B.C. You know, and as Habakkuk opens, we, we hear the prophet crying out to the Lord for help in the midst of hardship. You know, and it's an honest, it's a heartfelt cry. You know, we see that same expression, you know, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear. That, that's the same prayer that Jonah offered up uh, when The Lord providentially placed him in the belly of the great fish. You know, we see the hardships here. How, oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? You know, maybe you've cried out to the Lord, you know, with similar words. You know, Lord, will justice ever arrive? Will will this suffering and struggle continue forever? And the Lord gives an answer uh, to Habakkuk. Uh, Beginning in verse 5 of chapter 1, the Lord declares that he will use the depraved and dread nation of Babylon to bring his sinful or his his holy judgment, I should say, on the sinful and the unrepentant people of Judah. And so a key question in Habakkuk, you know, is this, you know, how can a holy God use the wicked nation of Babylon for his providential purpose against God's people. So Habakkuk has a second cry to the Lord, beginning there in verse 12 of chapter 1. You know, and just hear verse 12, and you can begin to see Habakkuk beginning to grow a bit in his hope and faith and trust in Christ. He cries out to God, Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 12, are you, he's crying this out to the Lord, are you not from everlasting? O Lord, my God, my Holy One, we shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them, the Babylonians, as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You know, there's a a glimmer of hope here, even at the beginning of Habakkuk. But the Lord has a hard, and yet we'll see a hopeful answer for Habakkuk. You know, beginning in in chapter 2, you know, we began with Habakkuk 2, verse 1. You know, Habakkuk made that, that proclamation of faith, I will take my stand at my watch post, station myself on the tower, look out to see what he, what the Lord will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. 
And now the Lord gives his hard and hopeful answer. And as you go through chapter 2, you'll see there's a series of five woes there in verse 6, verse 9, verse 12, verse 15, verse 19. No, they're, they're verbal reminders of God's holy judgment upon unrepentant sinners. You know, it's not only woe that is being pronounced upon Babylon, but it's woe that is being pronounced upon Judah. Because they are an unrepentant people. It's said that ultimately sinful greed, oppression, violence, sexual sins, and idolatry are doomed to destruction. And yet there's another verse that gives us hope. Look there, here again, (coughs) Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Behold, his soul is puffed up, it is not upright with him, but the righteous shall live by faith. You know, that, that verse is the, the, the bright star of the Reformation. <coughs> you see it throughout the Old Testament, the New Testament as well. We might know it better by this translation, the just shall live by faith. You know, but, but here we, we see those hardships you know, learning about gospel hardships. You know, let us remember as well the, the gospel hardships that the Lord taught to Joseph and Mary. You know, won't take the time to read the opening verses of Luke chapter 2, but, but we tend to have this idyllic view of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, everything was peaches and cream and everything's coming up roses you know, but, but read it again. A few highlights about gospel hardships. You know, why, why were Joseph and Mary headed to Bethlehem? Oppressive Roman taxation by a dread ruler. Joseph was making a hard journey to Bethlehem with a very pregnant wife. You know, maybe some of you women or men can identify with that. Humble lodgings in a stable. No new Ikea crib for their firstborn child. Rather a simple stone major. More likely stone than it was wood. You know, and here we see the start of the suffering of Jesus. You know, here, a beautiful Christmas hymn. This is not in our Trinity hymnal. I think it should be there. Um, But it's the words of a poem by Christina Rossetti, 1872. Just one verse, well, two verses. In the bleak midwinter... Frosty wind made moan, earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow, in the bleak midwinter, long ago. The second verse, our God, heaven cannot hold him, nor earth sustain, heaven and earth shall flee away. 
when he comes to reign, in the bleak midwinter, a stable place sufficed the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Now, and here in Habakkuk, uh, we move from learning about gospel hardships, and now in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, we are to be living with gospel hope. Only two points, but uh, you'll see shortly, you know, that'll break down into five bullet points here. You know, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 12, we find the third woe, the third of five woes. Uh, God's holy judgment is going to come upon those who seek to build their fame and fortune with violence, uh, with unholy bloodshed. The Lord himself will sovereignly consume them with fire. Uh, The work of the nations will go up in smoke. And in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14, we read, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Those who live by faith in a righteous God should also live with this gospel hope in their hearts. I believe Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 is, a, is an unexpected oasis in the Sahara Desert of Sin. No, there, there's a scene that we'll come across in Second Samuel when we resume that in 2019 where King David is longing for water from, the, from a well in Bethlehem. And uh, three of his mighty men risk their lives to go down to Bethlehem and bring that water back to David. But, but here is that, that cool, refreshing water And here in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, uh, we're going to put God's magnifying glass to this verse, and and I believe there are five gospel reasons why Christians can live with gospel hope in in our glorious Savior. And let's take a look and, and keep your Bibles open. Five reasons why Christians can live with gospel hope in a glorious Savior. And the first reason is this, the incarnation. You know, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 begins, for the earth will be filled. Now just consider that word earth. Christ came to earth. Christ entered into our sin-fallen world, yet without sin. You know, he he entered into all of our hardships, hopelessness of sin. You know, you need only read the front page of the paper or, you know, or Google current news. You know, violence, injustice, greed, murder, sexual sins, drunkenness, despair, death. And that's only the tip of the iceberg. You know, Christ came to earth. You know, to to sinners. You know, to sinners who were condemned to death. You know, there was a special memorial service this past Tuesday at Sibyl's funeral home. 
you know, thanks to Dirk and Liz Catherine for bringing music that makes all the difference. Had opportunity to, to share a verse or two of scripture. You know, but so thankful there in the in the funeral home, we were able to sing joy to the world. Yes, we as Christians can know joy. You know, even at even in a funeral home. And we can know the, the comfort of Christ. By the way, we also sang on Jordan's stormy banks, I stand. You know, there, there's hope for us even in the face of death because of Christ's incarnation. He came to earth. The second reason that we can live with gospel hope is the fullness of Christ. For the earth will be filled. Literally, for be filled the earth. You know, Christ not only came to earth, you know, but thinking of the, the filling and the fullness of Christ. If you go back to Genesis chapter 6, uh, there is a verse, verse 13, you know, before the flood and God's word tells us the earth was filled with violence. There's a similar verse to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14 in Isaiah uh, chapter 11, verse 9. Few differences, but Isaiah chapter 11, verse 9. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You know, Jesus' sovereign birth came in the fullness of time. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 puts it this way. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. You know, the fullness of Christ. You know, Jesus Christ became fully flesh while remaining fully God, truly God, truly man. First two reasons for gospel hope, incarnation, the fullness of Christ. Uh, the, the third reason why Christians can live with a gospel hope, it, it's because of salvation. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. You know, how do we get salvation from that? The earth will be filled with the knowledge now that that word to know is a relationship word. You know to know truly and totally. Uh, the the word is used in scripture to speak of a husband knowing his wife, and a wife knowing her husband, knowing them completely, loving them completely, unconditionally. With the knowledge, you know, God knows us. God loves us in Christ. You know, in Christ we have that hope of salvation, that assurance of salvation as we see. The knowledge of the glory of God. Jeremiah 31 verse 34 puts it this way in God's word. Jeremiah 31 verse 34. 
And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquities and I will remember their sin no more. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. You know, that knowledge that he is a faithful covenant-keeping God who forgives our iniquities in Christ, who will remember our sins no more. You know, we can be living with that gospel hope, the incarnation, the fullness of Christ, salvation with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. That, that's been our theme uh, during this these Sundays leading up to Christmas, talked about God's glory. It's, it's a hard word to get your mind and heart around. But it speaks of God's radiant righteousness, his resplendent majesty. Uh, you, you see snapshots of it in, in the Old Testament. The glory of the Lord fills the temple. In fact, it so fills the temple that it drives uh, the priests and all the worshipers out of the temple. You know, that that fullness of of the glory of the Lord. But but scripture speaks to us in ways that we can understand. You know, and as we think of the glory of the Lord here in the Old Testament, it's important to consider the glory of the Lord in the New Testament. They're not contradictory, they're complementary. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now, when we want to know, consider, ponder, meditate upon, praise God for his glory, we need only consider Christ. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Second Corinthians 4, verse 6. You know, we can know our glorious God. You know, what a... What a What a glorious thought is this. We can know our glorious God as we behold his gracious love for us in Christ, in Christ's incarnation, in his birth, in his death, in his resurrection, in his reign, the promise of his return. You know, we think of Christ's glorious work at the cross, his glorious work of cleansing us by his shed blood, clothing us with his Garments of righteousness calling us his children. You know, there, there is a grave problem of sin. And yet here we see the gracious gift of God. That gracious gift of salvation in Christ. O. Palmer Robertson put it this way. Only when the problem of the wicked is resolved... Will the glory of Christ fill the earth? Only when the problem of the wicked is resolved will the glory of Christ fill the earth. I believe that that glory of Christ began to fill the earth not only with his birth, his incarnation, 
but even more so with his death for our sins at the cross. And then when Christ returns and we're with him in glory, we'll we'll know that glory, we'll see that glory in all of its fullness. Five reasons why Christians can live with gospel hope, the incarnation, the fullness of Christ, salvation. Fourth, assurance. You know, we have the security of salvation. You know, look again, Habakkuk 2, verse 14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It will be filled uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, and even that expression, you know, as the waters cover the sea, you know, struggled with that a bit. But uh, Matthew Henry had a, had, a, had a rich insight. He said, waters which, quote, lie deep, spread far, and shall not be dried up until time shall be no more. No sea in heaven. I'm still getting my mind and heart around that one. You know, but here the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Assurance. But there's a fifth and final reason. The the hope of gospel peace. Reasons Christians can live with gospel hope, incarnation, the fullness of Christ, salvation, assurance. The hope of gospel peace. And when you look at Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14, you know, it's right almost dead center in Habakkuk. Still two more woes to follow, and in chapter 3 we'll see Habakkuk's prayer. You know, but, but in the midst of all this hardship, in the midst of uh, the imminent attack by the dread nation of Babylon, you know, there, there's still hope, not, not of military peace, not of political peace, but the hope of, of gospel peace. You know, there is a sure hope of the conquest of the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans will indeed conquer Judah. Uh, but then again, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians will be conquered. You know, but there's a peace, you know, a gospel peace. And, and you know, here are the, a few more verses from Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20, at the end of the chapter. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence. Keep still. Wait on him in faith. Let all the earth keep silence before him. You know, there's a gospel peace at the end of Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 and following. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. 
to the choir master with stringed instruments. Let me read one more verse. As we consider that hope of gospel peace, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can have reason. You know, we as Christians can live with gospel hope even in the midst of, of great hardships, struggle. The world around us, political, military realm, you know, but in each of our homes, each of our hearts. You know, here again, um, words, great gospel words point us to the gospel. That first Christmas hymn we sang, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Verse 3, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. You know, beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, may each one of us know and rejoice in the glory of Christ. But better yet, may may we know that gospel hope, that hope that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of sinners. May we know that hope in our hearts and share that hope with a hurting world around us. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we praise you that you are not only a God of of glory, but we praise you as well uh, that you have shown to us your gracious love in Christ. You have given to us that, that gospel hope A promise that the world can't give to us, a promise that the world can't take away. Nothing can separate us from that love of Christ. No disease, no despair, not even death itself. And so, Lord, may we be living even today with that gospel hope. And, uh, Lord, prepare us even now uh, for that, that day when you will be calling us home to glory. And in the meantime, Lord, I pray that uh, you would be pleased to use us and that we would be faithful in being those gospel heralds. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.